that was sort of the fanfare at the beginning. That's very courtesy of the banquetmusic.co.uk. That's the fanfare trumpeters, um, who apparently will turn up to any of your business events and um, play the, a fanfare of your choice. That was the one I chose. I just sort of felt it was appropriate. Dave is now about to pour champagne all over our computer equipment. Hey! <laughs> Here we are. Hans is still recording his podcast, so it's all go. It's all go. So hello and welcome, everybody. Sonic Talk number 100. Woohoo! Yay! Yay! I can't believe we made it. It feels kind of like a monumentous occasion. I, actually, I've been quite nervous. Because well, as soon as you know you've actually got people other than the, 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 you know, the people that you're used to talking to, listening, and in fact watching, because I've got a little video feed going on, then um, you kind of... It puts you in a different headspace completely. Oh, thank you. I'd forgotten all about that. Shall I just? I, I've got to name check a few people. Hold on. We've got Deckers. Hold on. Who have we got here? We've got uh, Azio Head, Alfmeister, B Day, Ben, Benedict, B Meister, Deckers, Echo Sonic, um, a load of guests. Guru One, Chaos, King Kong, Mongoose, Mark JXAP. How you doing, Mark? Because I know he had to leave early. Uh, MDA, Moff, DNB, Moss, Nomar, Red Walks, Seamus. Or Samus, Tinley, Zvuko Processor. <laughs> so here we are. Can't believe we made it. And I found, because after last week, I'll tell you what, it's been like transpiring against me. Because last week I tried to use a different technology and it just wasn't having any of it. It was just broken. And I, at the end of it, I was thinking, oh, no, I'm going to have to work something out. So I went and found this chat room thing. And so we finally got there. So that's great. And then last night, when I was just sort of setting up the final bits and bobs, there was a there were like these massive explosions in the centre of Bath and it was sort of really worrying. It was about five o'clock and I was thinking, what the hell's going on? <laughs> this isn't looking good. They're going to close the office and everything. Oh, and um, and it turns, turns out there's this big shopping precinct that's been under development in the centre of Bath and they were tarring the roof and one of the kind of big pictures of uh, tar that they, they had caught fire and of course everybody ran off and then the big um, canisters of, I guess it would be, propane wouldn't it that yeah. they used to blue and really big time blue and there were these massive explosions the windows rattled and then there was a phone call sort of around the building saying everybody out please now so it, i was thinking this is just isn't going to happen is it? it's not going to happen at all so oh chaos took an hour off work too hey. Hey. so here we are we've we made it i still can't believe it thank you good night and um so let, yeah, ah. that's it clink <laughs> right let's all go down the pub <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Um, so uh, let's just say hello to everybody. Um, and first of all, I think I heard the uh, the dulcet cough of Mr. Richard Hilton there from Connecticut. Indeed. Good morning. And and are you hearing this? I am hearing you. Hearing are you hearing you? the chaos later? I'm not. Can you hear mine? I can hear yours now. I'm wondering why you can't hear mine. Mm, difficult question. I'm sure you can work it out, but how are you, apart from... I'm good. I'm good, thank you. Good, just back from Rotterdam, where, oh. we, played in, where we played in a church from the 1400s. Wow, how was it? It was fantastic. It was fantastic, and uh, the sound of the place was just stunning. Although, agreeably, we would have done well with just maybe three seconds of that 10-second reverb. It still sounded incredible. <laughs> yeah. I think I'll use the in-ears tonight. Yes. <laughs> I know, I know. It was too much fun to hear the chords decaying out into the church. It was, it was really quite something. Oh, wicked. Well, I'm glad it went well. And was all the travel arrangements everything fine? 
<laughs> uh, yeah, the travel arrangements were fine. It's funny the chat guys are telling me to plug in the chaos later. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just going to, um, for all of those people who enjoyed that fanfare at the beginning, I'm going to, there's going to be live show. Oh, that's the idea. Live URLs. There you go. That's where you can find some more. So anybody out there, you can choose your own fanfare and play it to yourself in a kind of celebratory fashion. Well, Rich, thanks for joining us. And also, um, we have stateside, Mr. PJ Tracy. Good morning, Nick. Yay, PJ hey. Tracy, who I think just dashed off to get a cup of coffee and put a shot of tequila in it. I did do this. You <laughs> dirty <laughs> devil. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> have you got the bottle I with you? I have, let, I have to let you know, it's two hours before noon stateside here. Oh, so, okay, so right, it's not like it's eight fun. in the morning. I'm breaking, one of my, I'm breaking one of my cardinal rules. Well, for us, I feel honoured and I'm very glad. I'm very glad you did. Thank you very much. So, my pleasure. So, um, PJ Tracy, of course. PJTracyMusic.com. Very good. I've just typed that in the chat room as well, very badly. But, <laughs> but there you go. Uh, the, but for those people who are wondering who that person was, that's Andy, who just came into shot there. He was delivering um, um, some sushi. He just liked to... Andy is um, my business partner in Sonic and does a lot of the important stuff here too. He's the guy who you find responsible for all the great videos from the trade shows. So you give him away. Go on, give us a wave, Andy. Go on. Hey. There we go. So anyway, PJ Tracy, thank you for joining us. And of course, Mark Tinley, thank you. Hello. Hello. I've got my chaos later plugged in. And what's really bizarre is that I had no idea that you were going to do um, fanfare at the beginning. And I actually turned it to this sound. Oh, totally cool. Pretty Isn't trumpet. that weird? I must that is- have... That is psychically or something. Well, I've always felt we had a sort of some sort of connection. Indeed, and that would <laughs> seem to. Um, oh, hold on, I'm trying to move loads of windows around because I've got an extra window today. That would seem to kind of verify that fact. I've got an extra window today, which is the chat room. So um, everybody says hi, Andy, in the chat room. The other thing I've been playing with is pocket guitar on the iPhone, which is wicked. D- Dave's just been showing us that as well. That's really funny. Has I it? Think it's absolutely brilliant. I've- Love it. I've gone all goth on mine. I've got, like, distortion and chorus and everything, because uh, you can only play it slowly, can't you? Well, I don't know. I can only play it slowly. I don't know. Dave just showed me his, and it was uh, it was impressive. Robin Guthrie. That's who I was impersonating. Yeah, it's really good. I think I'm going to... Well, I can't... Does it run on the... Um, the thing is, is the, the iPod doesn't have a speaker, so you can't kind of... Mm. You can only enjoy yourself. You can't... Oh, well. Well, I can... I can plug mine into the same lead I've got my Chaosolator plugged into, I suppose. That's true. Uh, by the way, that was me necking, not Dave, I think. That Have you introduced me. him yet? Uh, oh, just yeah, God. Of course. I almost forgot. <laughs> Dave Spears, who is just here. This is Dave in front of the impressive Dell laptop. Um, I'm rolling a ciggy, but I'm not going to smoke it. No, the fire, the fire alarm will go off. Yeah, but it's like shoes. But uh, yes, Dave is here in the um, in this office with us, the studio. What so, happens if I do this? Hang on, nothing. Oh, ah, oh, <laughs> you guys are so unprofessional. Yeah, isn't it? I'm still trying to find this video feed, Nick. Anyway, that's enough of that. Just to show that mine is plugged in, and Dave's is too. Go on, hit something. There we like are. That. We're both live and direct on Chaosolator. Hey, Nick. Oh, good. Jesus. You're too loud, Mark. Turn yourself down. Sunday, bloody oh, Sunday. Oh. Was that your guitar it, thing? 
That was uh, that was the iPhone. Oh, but guitarists are always traditionally too loud, so that was okay for me to there do. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got to put another video on for East. I'll be back in a second. Okay. All right. Thanks. Right. Well, so here we are, everybody. I've said that already, haven't we? I've already said that. So let me get to the, the notes. Um, da, 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 da. There are a few notes. There are a few notes. I've got them. Um, so the first one was, I guess it's kind of appropriate, really, because we're doing the show live to God knows how many people. Um, let me see how many people. 34. It's going up. I would like to point out at this point that, you know, we do have a few more downloads in this every week. So don't lose heart. Not everybody. Every, lots of people are working. Anyway, um, the, the thing is. This this query was this sort of came up because it was basically down to just how bad does it have to be before you stop? And I'm talking, you know, you're playing a gig, something terrible goes wrong. Do you kind of hang in there and hope it goes right? You know, at what point does it get to where you have to say, no, 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 stop. It's too, you know, for whatever reason. And I, as an example, um, I will um, just proffer exhibit one. <laughs> Oh, I'll try that again. That's been me moving my windows around. That's terrible, isn't it? I think that's enough, actually. Do you know who that was? That was, that, that was Gemini from the Eurovision Song Contest, and I feel for them because obviously there were some problems there. I'm sure they can sing. Um... But, you know, we're, we're going out live to however many people, which isn't an enormous number, but um, they were on the Eurovision Song Contest, and I'd been doing a bit of swatting up on this. And uh, this was from the 2000 Eurovision, uh, 2003 Eurovision in Latvia. Um, and the audience numbers for that live uh, performance was quoted at somewhere between 100 and 600 million. <laughs> and I don't know, I just wondered how bad it has to be. But before I do that, non-Eric has actually made himself available, so I'm going to go and get him quickly, so maybe we can come back to that. Sorry for this. I've only just seen the tiramisu. <laughs> Non-Eric in Berlin. Hello, hello, hello. He's not there. Oh, is he? <laughs> Hans. I will not miss the 100 Sonic Talk, will I? No. Non-Eric from musotalk.de. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us. Are we already on air? We are. We're live. It's 20 past four. Oh, Where have you been? Jesus. Sorry about we- it. Yeah, the problem is I'm on... Uh, uh, tomorrow I will be in Hamburg uh, recording a couple of videos, actually. I'm going to visit Steinberg, for example going to see a synthesizer uh, exhibition and that's why i had to record my own music talk podcast today uh, okay, okay but a little longer than i wanted actually sorry about that guys well that's all right yeah you're being um uh given um greetings from moss guru one red walk seamus mark jxp uh who else beige loads of people saying basically um uh, hello because we're hey. broadcasting live uh, where's, the, where's the link, Nick? Uh, the link is if you go to sonicstate.com live, but you have to um, turn down the player, otherwise you'll get a really terrible echo. But you'll see a little video link of me and Dave quaffing champagne. Here we are. 
Hey, cool. Let me just see where I can find it. Yeah, but make sure you turn it down. So you just type the Sonic State into uh, Skype rather than your browser there. I can tell because it just showed up at the window. But I'm a bit a bit out of it. <laughs> hey. Ah, cheers. I'll cheers. drink to that. I'll drink to that too. <laughs> I'm not yet, but I what will be I very sure. Sure I, What have I got to make sure I turn down? I don't seem to have the same as everyone else. Then. I've just got a, a flash chat. Yeah, you can, but if you just go sonicstate.com forward slash live, what I did is I created another page for everybody so that they wouldn't have the video feed as well. Do you see what I mean? Uh, Because if they had the video feed as well, then it might just be a bit complicated, but you can't, and whether they had the bandwidth and all of that kind of stuff. Right, okay. Two spoons, three spoons. (laughs) Andy's um, just, I've just got to show you this. Andy's just dished out the tiramisu. Oh, Oh, here here he is. Ustream, okay, cool. There we go. That's the tiramisu. I've and put the camera spoons. back here. And three spoons, right. Mm. So we still, we're all still in shot. It's very low quality because I didn't want to affect the, the, uh, the feed. Okay, cool. It's, and it's uh, how many viewers? Um, that's a very personal question, Hans. 36. 36. <laughs> of which you're one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure we could do better, but we've got time to go on. Anyway, the first topic was going to be just how bad does it have to be before you stop? And uh, my first example there was Gemini, who were playing the 2003 Eurovision Song Contest, uh, and they were terribly out of key, and it was awful, uh, and just really, uh, really just uh, dreadfully embarrassing. But the point was, it was to between 100 and 600 million viewers live, depending on who you, uh, you know, whose figures you believe, which is kind of pretty terrifying, wouldn't you say? I mean, and I just wondered um, for everybody, what, at what point do you sort of stop the song, try and figure out what's wrong and start it again or leave the building or whatever, or just kind of hope that the, uh, the, the stage swallows you up and never to be spotted again. I, I guess, um, Rich Hilton, you've probably done a lot of gigs in front of a lot of people. How bad does it have to be before you just kind of hope somebody says, stop the music, start again? Well, um, I'll give you a good example. In Montreux 2006, we played uh, a tribute to Ahmed Erdogan with a whole bunch of guests. And uh, among them was Robert Plant, who was there to sing four Ray Charles songs. And uh, we rehearsed, you know, pretty well and everything. But he heard the opening chord of the song... And began singing it a fourth away from the key center of the song. And Niall immediately went, whoa, 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 stop, stop. All right, everything stops. And uh, we started over. Because you just don't take a guy down that road. You don't force him into that position. And I saw one time, uh, I don't know, almost 20 years ago, I saw Robert Plant, uh, I'm sorry, I saw Roger Daltrey singing a solo gig uh, at Carnegie Hall uh, as part of a big fundraiser. And they launched into the classic see me feel me thing and he was singing like a fourth or a fifth away from the pitch of the band and they didn't stop and he sang the entire song like that and it was painful and uh so i'm of the belief that uh as soon as you know that it is never going to get better you stop but what happens in the situation when it's live tv and you've got a very specific slot this and was you, not only live tv it was being filmed for dvds there was a stravinsky hall full of people it was the you do not subject thousands of people to that. I think that's a nor fair the artist, uh, nor the artist, nor do you humiliate the artist like that. No, I'd much rather stop. Well, I wonder why they didn't at the Eurovision. I mean, there, I'm sure there are lots of theories um, about why that is, because you know, 
they th- they always have it in for us, those Europeans at the Eurovision. <laughs> if you've ever listened to the UK commentary with uh, Terry Wogan, it's just a kind of hour and a half of innuendo and dreadful xenophobic kind of light-hearted xenophobic kind of gags. And um, but you know. It's kind of fun. What about you, Hans? You, non-Eric, you must have um, done a few gigs. I mean, how how bad has it has it been, or how bad should it be before you just kind of go no? Well, what happened to me is I was uh, doing a live act show in a club in I think it was in Darmstadt, really big one. I mean, it must have been a, like three thousand people maybe. And I was hemming away on my MPC and I got so excited and I was so full of joy and emotion. I started to really bang the MPC pad with my fist. Actually a very bad idea because um, the pads are just connected to the rest of the electronics via a, a cable, you know, cable connector. And that kind of fell off half. So it re-triggered all the drum pads going... Oh, no. <laughs> Well, I guess you had to stop there, didn't you, really? And it went on. (laughs) (laughs) One really hearty, another slam with the fist to make it go away, (laughs) which it did. Did it ever go back to normal, or did you then have to take the whole thing apart in front Uh, of a live audience? No, 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 no. no. uh, It it worked till the end of the show, and then afterwards I saw it was half, you know, half out of its connector. was the worst that it got but did you guys there was a guy in the chat reminding us of the classic van halen youtube video clip yes that's right well that was i did think about that as well because that was um that was awful wasn't it and there there was various we didn't we talk about it we thought it may have been the um oh what was it the uh the playback the sample rate sounded wrong in the playback whether it was clocked wrong or whatever yeah yes well anyway that was kind of well mark tinley must have happened um well i used to switch all the backing tracks on for duran duran and backing tracks oh i mean i have to i have to turn them off i mean they can play without them can't they so i have turned them off on occasion when they've kind of gone a little you know wrong with it but um I can't think of any instance it's ever happened to me. I'm sure I'm sure all my performances must have been perfect. <laughs> or you were oblivious. What about you, PJ? Oblivious, yes. Yeah, probably the one of the very worst there's been there's been a few of them. Um was I was playing a private corporate gig with a nine piece band and one of the women who was um the lead singer for the night, she went out between sets and got entirely sloshed, got back on stage, started singing about a fourth or a fifth away from the key center and then stopped the band and accused us of not playing. In the night. <laughs> Style. Well, that's the way to do it, isn't it? Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> started chastising us on stage and we were doing um, a really horrible rendition of Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive, which is torturous anyway. And she turned that chastisement into about a 12 minute tirade on how men can't follow directions and uh, how you know we're just all stupid gits, basically. Wow. So, yeah. Did you get a bonus that night? That had to put a nice atmosphere on the whole evening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it really made things very interesting. 
<laughs> was it a long journey back on the bus together at the end of the night? It was a very it, yeah. As a matter of fact, we were in um, oh, no. we were in Pennsylvania, and we came from Minneapolis, so it was about a twenty hour ride back um, with a stop in Indianapolis. Uh, on the way to do another gig and that that was the last time that i played with that band because there was <laughs> a lot of uh a lot of psychic uh misfiring going on i think wow that sounds rough <laughs> that's really rough did you make a run behind the van back to minneapolis <laughs> yeah well you know there were a few of us that actually hijacked the van right after the gig and we left uh we left those responsible uh to to mop up with the management <laughs> That's the way to do it. Uh, the only thing that ever happened to me was, uh, and I may have recounted this, so excuse me if I'm uh, repeating myself. We did a, it was like a Swedish DJ conference when I was doing, um, um, you know, live PAs with DNA in, in Europe. It must have been about 90, I don't know, 92, 93. It was quite big, big sort of in central Sweden. And um, we were miming, I can't remember what it was now. I think it was probably the Sharon Red thing um, that we did can you handle it? And they were, up, they were up there doing their thing. And I was, I sat behind the drums and I was a bit drunk actually. And I, I just started, I was playing the drums cause I sort of liked to think that I could a bit, which I can't really. And, um, I found out after the show that they didn't switch the mics off on the drum kit. So I was sort of blasting around <laughs> completely out of time over the entire PA. So it must've come across as either really kind of avant-garde or just totally rubbish. I think I know which actually people would have probably thought. And I was mortified afterwards. I felt so embarrassed. I couldn't go back out into the hall because I just thought I can't possibly face anybody because I can't play drums. And I just have to all of those people <laughs> over, over a track that I programmed with a drum machine. So there's no way I would have been in time. I'd just like to say, by the way, hello to put, is that, how do you, how do you pronounce it? Putter. 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 Hello, Putter. Because uh, we've met, I think we met in uh, Frankfurt, Frankfurt at the, uh, was it the Radisson? Yeah. It was, wasn't yeah. it? That, that we'll funny shape. It. The oh, thing that looks like a it. bottle of, um, uh, oh, I forget what it is, a bottle of liqueur. Yeah, liqueur thingy. So anyway, that was that one. Has everybody ba, been? Ba, 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 ba. No, Dave. No, because I completely disagree with Rich. I think just plough on through. It's a bit like if you're walking down the road and you trip. Just make it look like a normal part of your behaviour and you'll pull it off. And it's the same on stage. <laughs> Even in front of... Yes, millions of people. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had one really interesting one, which was... That was a Debbie Harry gig. And I had to start the sequencer. And I don't know what it was. I think she wanted to introduce the band, but it was kind of in the set that, you know, at this point you press go. And... Uh, I pressed go and she just sort of turned and gave me this withering look and just went, cut that shit out. And that was Hammersmith Odeon. And I was like, <laughs> right, okay. And it was brilliant because afterwards the drummer came up to me. I, I was completely, I didn't mind about it at all. It's her gig. And it was great because the drummer came up to me afterwards, who's the MD? And he, he just said, I could have killed her for that. That's her show. And I thought, you sad bastard. Uh, uh, <coughs> beep, beep. I think was the word I was looking for just there. Uh, so anyway, that was the first one. Right. Um, next FX Mac for a PC. Now that's a pretty interesting one. Did anyone see, get a chance to see this? I think I've actually got a little bit of um, audio for this. I, surprisingly, it's a, a bloke on um, uh, Gizmodo reviewing it. So let's have a listen. Hey, this is Matt from Gizmodo. What I'm going to show you here is my gaming PC that I built a couple of months ago. Oh, done it again. <sighs> that I've turned into a Mac Pro 
uh, using the eFix dongle here, which is just attached to a USB header on my motherboard. So, like, this is the, the usual boot process you have with the motherboard, and then you see um, the, the eFix dongle is kind of going through its thing here. It's not exactly speedy on the boot. Not what you call compelling audio, but, you know, it's kind of... Um illustrates the point basically the efix is a kind of little usb enabler i'm not quite sure how it works you plug it into your motherboard and it allows you to boot mac os 10 from a pc and uh, apparently it it's not like one of these kind of hackintosh things where you've got to kind of fiddle around with the firmware and the bios and all that stuff you just plug it in and you're off uh, and it allows you to get updates and system updates and kind of you know they they don't it doesn't get broken by apple or it hasn't been broken by apple yet it'll let you kind of download the latest upgrades and um, I thought, ooh, hello. What do you think of that, then? Well, I'm currently working on my own Hackintosh project. On, ah, on a Hackintosh or an ethics? Well, the ethics is basically a bit of a scam because uh, somebody already released on the net um, a special uh, boot version, which actually, instead of using a USB dongle, boots from a CD-ROM that you stick into your PC, and then it will allow you to um, to actually install from a standard Mac OS DVD. It basically then allows you to um, to upgrade the system and whatever. But what is really important is that um, whenever you try such a project, you really need to do some research beforehand. I mean, you can try to use the hardware that you already got to to install a Mac OS X on it, but obviously it's much much easier and much much better if you stick to hardware, especially the motherboard that is very close to what Apple is using. Right. Right now, the recommended brand is the Gigabyte boards. Okay, that's what they recommend for the eFix. Yeah, and obviously you need to, you should use a GeForce uh, eight thousand eight hundred or seven thousand three hundred, you know that range of uh, graphic cards. Because if you don't get the quad support, which is the actually the the, the display mode of the Mac, then uh, you can't use all the screen resolutions and everything. But I can keep you guys updated on my project. I'm just I just want to try it out. Okay, no, I'd like to I'd like to find. That. I'm actually at, just out of interest. I took uh, they only work on gigabit boards and various Intel um, processors. What I, I priced one up on um, on dabs.co.uk. Um, just sort of thought, well, how much could I make one of these for? And I got to uh, what did I have? I had a quad core 2.2 gigahertz uh, processor as Intel, four gigs of RAM, two two twenty sorry two two fifty SATA drives. A DVD writer and a 22-inch LCD with Vista and an OS X purchase to kind of, you know, so I had the OSs, plus the um, the eFix thing itself. And I priced that up at £900, including tax. So for 900 quid, I would have got a quad-core, uh, you know, Mac Pro, essentially. Yeah, but Nick, that's, How much? that's a pretty, pretty dangerous comparison because what people forget is that the Mac Pros that I'm also using, uh-huh. are actually all based on the server boards, the server boards and the Xeon processors. Okay. So you actually would buy a comparable Intel board plus the comparable Xeon processors, and you add that all up. At the end of the day, it won't be cheaper than buying a regular Mac, which is... Oh, no, no, I would totally agree, because, I mean, also, the current Mac Pros are all 8 cores. 
there's no you don't get quad cores and, and and they're using a, a higher you know that the whole structure of the thing is uh, is much more um, higher level it's actually a server okay it's more compare comparable to a dell server that you buy online than uh than this but my project is actually uh, uh trying to use a quad uh core intel and a gigabyte board and the the process is supposed to, i will buy the 2.8 and i hope that i will probably have the same speed that i currently have with the already outdated quad core 2.6 mac okay well that's i was thinking that it wouldn't be comparable to the current range of macs but i mean the current range of macs is uh for a for a, you know a, a, the base model is nearly twice the well more than twice the price of 900 it's not here in germany it's not clear uh whether it's legal or not legal i mean if you use the affix dongle you're not actually changing the mac os x so you're not in um um uh What's the right name? You're not infringing any right, okay. rights on that side. Uh, and um, so that probably in Germany, it's probably legal to do that. Although Apple does not allow you in their terms of service to actually run it on anything less than Mac hardware, but it's not uh, clear whether that actually is applicable. applicable. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think, I mean, if you go to their website, they are looking for distributors in a number of territories, and a lot of them are, presumably, these distributors are kind of feeling a little bit um, uncomfortable with the potential of maybe being being done for. I mean, anybody else, BMPJ, is this something that would interest you, or would you just get a Mac? Yeah, I think I would probably just buy a Mac because currently I have two Windows boxes and the one that I'm leaving behind doesn't have any of the supported hardware, so I'd have to gut the, the tower and, you know, buy some buy some new hardware to put in there and see whether or not it would work out. But I think I would just I would just go for purchasing a Mac. And I and I don't know that I will. I mean I <clears throat> I thought about it when Logic Logic Pro eight came out, but there's been such mixed reviews on it that I've I've kind of just stuck with my platform of choice. It's such a pain in the ass to put together a new machine. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, you know, there is all of that. I agree, but uh, I, I think you know, maybe for some people. I mean, the guy who reviewed it at Gizmodo had just built himself a massive ge- a gaming machine, which is obviously highly spent, and just happened to have all of that um, uh, uh, compatible hardware. So, I mean, it was a no-brainer for him, and it's like, yeah, cool for one hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. And why you know, not? I mean. It's it's hard to to argue with the fact that the the OS on the Mac is is a lot more elegant than Win XP, which is what I'm using currently. Sure. But uh, you know, for the for the price, I, I just I still think you get more bang for the buck by building a decent Windows machine, especially you know, especially if you do it yourself or order to spec. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Well, the uh, uh, as I suspected, the chat room has descended into a Mac versus PC <laughs> flame fest. <laughs> but you know, that's I, what I should, we I should of point out. For. I should point out that I was a Mac devotee for about twelve years. That that it uh, it took sheer economics to convert me. <laughs> I'm thinking about going get, just getting a decent um, Windows machine because of uh, the Sonar Eight. The, the new cakewalk stuff. I mean, it looks absolutely fantastic. Anyway, Dave, we haven't had a comments from everybody else. Rich Hilton, I guess you probably wouldn't because it wouldn't run Pro Tools. But well, I've done. I've done so. I mean, I actually assembled a PC a couple of years ago. I had this idea that I was going to run Giga Studio offline, connected digitally to my interface, and I went through the whole 
I still run it. I still have it there. It's running XP Service Pack 3. I've got all kinds of virtual. It's got all of Dave's stuff on it. i got all kinds of virtual instruments on it. i got all the Sony software on it. And I keep it around specifically because the Sony software, actually, because I don't run offline VIs much anymore. But um, some of the Sony software that runs in PC world is fantastic. But if, it, if I had it to do today and I wanted to run Windows of any kind, I'd run it on a Mac. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It does run run pretty well on it. Um, that's true. Mark Tinley, you. I heard you say yeah. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I do. I run Windows on a Mac, and I don't know. I mean, if they had that dongle thing for a laptop, and I wanted to save money, maybe I would go and buy it and put it in a laptop in a in a high spec laptop. Because I mean, my partner bought a laptop, a Sony one, a couple of weeks ago, and it was probably. Uh, I don't know. I mean, my computer was nearly two thousand pounds, and hers was just over three hundred pounds. So there's a huge difference. But in terms of the spec, RAM and processor speed, uh, screen real estate, and so on, it's pretty much the same machine. So, um, if there was a laptop version of it, I'd be interested. I run all the Sony software on a PC and Fruity Loops, which is something I use a lot. Um. But the PC is now inside my computer. I pick my computer up, I go wherever, I open the lid, and I can muck around on musical things and plug audio interfaces into it if I need to and so on. So Yeah, I mean, hardware agnostic um, is obviously the way to go. Actually, one thing that would be really cool, if, I don't know if anyone saw the news on that, those new Dell laptops, which will go up to 8-core, uh, no, quad-core, and they'll take up to 16 gigs of RAM. These new Dell um I think they're called um, Dimet- Inspirians. I'm not sure what they're called, actually. I've, I did a news item about it, but I've uh, forgotten it already. <laughs> but they right, look kind of so, cool. But, so if, but they were very, very expensive. You know, to get to that quad core and the 16 gigs of RAM, you had to spend like five grand. <laughs> so it wasn't actually. Oh, that. okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, the other could, thing I noticed is the other day I decided that I was going to get rid of all my pirate software. And I went through every disc on every computer and and all my pirate DVDs, I hasten to add, and to go through my music and make sure that I didn't have anything that I hadn't paid for. So I'm t- cleaning up my act, so to speak. Good for you. But I thought I need, I need uh, some way of editing pictures, like JPEGs and GIFs and layering and compositing images, um, for the PC, uh, for the, sorry, for the Mac that's not Photoshop. And I just couldn't find anything. In the, I'm sure there is, the, but I don't did know the what. same thing as Photoshop, but didn't cost you know seven hundred quid or whatever that costs. Right. It so is damn end, good I bought, though. I bought PaintShop Pro for ninety nine bucks, and that does the same thing, and that's a PC program. And the, and the bonus for me is that the writing tablet I had for my PC, which I got uh, for my Mac, which I got bought for my birthday stopped working when Mac did their last service update because something conflicts with the driver. However, if it's plugged into the Mac and I have soft windows running, it works perfectly in PaintShop Pro. So I've I've got my writing tablet back and deleted, allegedly, my copy that I might have had of Photoshop, and I'm, I've moved <laughs> into the PC, so... Yay! Excellent. Red Walks, um, and via the chat room, has just said it's the Dell Precision series, and that's very true. Right? Thanks for reminding and us. One argument uh, that I have, why I'm so keen on t- to try it out, to run um, OS X on a PC, is that I feel uh, a little bit... Just, I have a problem, because right now, 
we're doing lots and lots of DVD writing. And the writer just seems to have a problem on the Mac, you know, getting the right speed and reliable copies done and burned. And it's such a pain because now I need an official Apple DVD drive. Uh... It's basically the same thing that I can buy anywhere in any store for 30 euros. And now I have to buy this extra expensive stuff. I think it's when, when it breaks down, the Mac hub where it's a real problem because even exchanging uh, um, a defective uh, power supply will cost you several hundred euro to get fixed while you just buy one for 50 euro in any store. Yeah, well, that's very true. And, and be up and running in 15 minutes while the other road maybe takes you two weeks, which is ridiculous. Yes, quite. I totally agree with that. And that's the one thing that, um, but I suppose that's what you pay for, for kind of hardware protection. I, I don't know. I, it's, it, we could endlessly t put it to and fro, but I'd be really interested to know how you get on with your uh, Hackintosh or, or Effitosh or whatever it's going to be. So thanks very much. Um, I'm going to try something a bit new today because um, I, I just wanted to say, I don't know, those who listen to the podcast regularly may realise that we're sponsored by Yamaha Music Production on a regular basis, and they usually have their swash jing sw uh, swanky jingle that's been played. We're going to move over to a slightly new model today, and uh, I'm just going to sing the praises of the uh, Pocket Track 2G. I don't know if anyone ever seen that, but it's the little tiny um, audio recorder. It's about the size of, well, it's like a couple of biros stuck together. Have you got one? Well, we did have one. Andy's reviewing it at the moment. It's not in, in the office at the moment. Otherwise, I'd hold it up to the camera. It's about that big, for those of you who are watching. I've got it. Here it is. Oh, there you go. <laughs> hold on, I've lost it down the it back of the sofa. Tiny. But um, it's really cool, actually. It's two gigabytes. It's got nice pair of mics on it. Uh, it's got limiting. It records to uh, Windows Media. It records to MP3. Uh, it's It's got an onboard speaker that you can use to play back at uh, normal time and half time, so you can use it for... Uh, all sorts of uses it's and I, I used it for backing up the podcast a couple of weeks ago and it worked a treat so um as part of the kind of ad deal and rather than play the ad i just want you to actually say yeah there you go beach has very kindly put the url which is yamahasynth.com products slash product pocket track and uh, it's a very cool piece of kit and i can thoroughly recommend it and it's very very tiny so if you're really interested head over to yamahasynth.com and i just want to say again thanks very much to yamaha uk for sponsoring the podcast and hanging in there with us so that's the ad over that was well done nick do you think that was good impressive yeah. how you said ad in It was so believable. <laughs> well, it is It is a good piece of equipment. I feel quite strongly about it. And uh, Peter Peck, who very kindly um, is, is behind the sponsorship, has just sort of said, oh, would you, would you mind mentioning it? Maybe we could go to a Pokemon. So I thought, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. So there we go. And uh, I'd like to uh, just say to all of the people on, on the uh, chat room, I'm glad you all love Yamaha, especially Crash Damage. There you go. <laughs> so um, what should we do next? Um, would anyone like to... Anyone, anyone want to pick a topic? Seems we're free form. Bargain. Ah, what? Best synth bargain you ever got? Yes. Should we have that one? Um, I've got a goodie. Okay, so uh, this one was just really... I th What I thought I'd try and do, because obviously I thought it might be a bit chaotic, although we are working very well together as a team, guys. I'd just like to say that. Doing an excellent job, everybody. It's almost professional. It's almost professional. It? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the sort of liveness has added a certain sort of frisson to the whole thing, and everybody's just been a bit more quiet than usual. Fear, yeah. <laughs> fear. <laughs> but, uh, but basically, um, I thought, you know, one of the topics was 
what's the best synth bargain you ever got, basically? Or, um, or Rich is saying, does it have to be a synth? So. No, it doesn't have to be a synth. It can be a kind of quality, well, any, any high-tech. Let's high-tech on yeah, music. Yeah, music so that's cool. So, Dave, you've got, you, you said you wanted to go first. So over to you. And uh, cheers. Oh, cheers, way. yes. Because <laughs> this kicked in quite nicely now. Yeah, I'm starting to feel the bubbles. Thank you. Um, what have I bought? I can't remember. Um, <laughs> it's all gotten very rosy. Um, no, I had a phone call from a mate. Uh, in fact, I can probably date this. I was thinking about it on the way down here because I had literally put in my order for a um, Power Mac 7100 when they first came out from TSC or Computer Warehouse or one of those places. And it was all being sorted out. And a mate rang up and he said, I've fallen on hard times. I want to fax you through a list of gear that I'm gonna that I want to sell. Tell me if you're interested. So the list came through and it was like FBO one. No, in fact, I think he was reading it to me down the phone. No, 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 no. Oscar. Hmm. How much? Well, it doesn't work. Well, yeah, I can probably get it fixed. How much? Well, see what you think. Turns out he was recording at Red Bus Studios around the corner from where I was picking up my Mac the same day. So I legged it up there, took a couple of hundred quid up with me in cash, turned round. Uh, went into the studio, met him and a couple of other people and took the Oscar and he said, the thing is, there's no sounds in it. It's obviously broken. So I put the headphones into the output because there's no headphone output and I could just about make out a noise and edit it and stuff like that. So I said, I've got 200 quid cash on me now. And he said, yep, yeah, fine. Okay, that'll do. Sorry, it's broken. And I walked away and it was the battery that needed replacing. And that was the Oscar that became the Imposter. So for me, that was a complete and utter bargain. Oh, oh, wow. wow. Dave, because, because the NFR I got from you of the Imposca, that was my best since bargain of all time. Thank you once again, Dave. Well, hey, thank you. Oh, that's very sweet. And it is. I, well, I'd like to second that. We're, loved, we're all loved up now. We are. Champagne's kicked uh, in. Oh, hold on a minute. There was. Uh, Azio Head says Seal Mono, 40 euros. That's not bad, is wow. it? Wow, tell you what, Prodigy for 100 quid pretty good. That's pretty good, via the, via the, head, uh, via the chat rooms. Um, who's next? Hans, apart from your, your uh, obviously, the, the Odyssey, anything else? No, it was the Imposca, actually. Imposca, sorry. I, see, my short-term memory's gone. It's all the champagne. I suppose that was a bit of a deal, wasn't it? Blimey. No, but, if, <laughs> but I remember that uh, at the times when I bought lots of my old uh, synthesizer gear, um, the prices were not as high as they are now. And so uh, basically all the stuff that I got uh, at the early 90s were kind of bargain. But uh, I got an Oberheim Expander for about 500 euro. Wow. That's good because they're always really pricey. Yeah. Rich Hilton. Yeah. Come on, spill well, the let's, beans. Let's see. <laughs> Somebody gave me a Korg MS-20. Ooh. Um, that's so a that's a pretty good deal. Um, <laughs> and uh, let's see what else. I uh, I got a I bought a Yamaha <laughs> CP60 upright electric grand with MIDI for a hundred bucks, oh, which nice. is still here, which I've still got. And uh, on the uh, new gear front, I bought a Honer Pianet Clavinet Duo right after Honer uh, went belly up on those products for $250 that I still have as well. Oh, they're, they're sweet. Sweet. And nice beautiful. instrument. Okay, Mark Tinley. And, oh, sorry. Rich, you still going? No, that's it. That'll do it. That'll do it for now. Yeah. That's pretty good going. Mark Tinley. Are you, yeah. 
I used to go to the Soho Soundhouse sales, which ah, I think I've yes. told you before, and queue up. But um, at one point, they were selling TR-999 drum machines, brand new, in the box, for £169. So that oh. was a bargain, because I'm sure I sold that for a lot more than I paid for it. I'll bet you did. Nice but one. my best bargain's got nothing to do with music technology, but it is music. Um, I went to the High Wycombe boot sale, and I was wandering around, and there was this plexiglass guitar kind of leaning against this van, and I picked it up, and it was really kind of rough, and I looked it over and thought, mm, that looks like something that might be worth some money, but maybe not. And the guy said, oh, I've got another amp in the van if you're interested. So I said, all right, then come on, let's have a look. So I get in the back of this guy's van, and in there is a Vox AC30, right? And I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, it's a bit rough, but... And I said, how much do you want for it then? And he said, oh, 30 quid. And I thought, that's cheap. Yeah. So I said to him, oh, well, I don't know. And I gave him my best stony face, and I said, you, I'll give you 25. You haggle, you devil. <laughs> and he said, yeah, okay. <laughs> so he said, yeah, okay. So I walk off with it, right? Put it in the boot of my car, and my girlfriend's going, what the hell have you bought that for? You don't need a guitar. And I'm going, no, trust me, trust me. This is worth some money. So I get home, look it up on the internet, and I'm thinking, hang on a minute, it's not just any Vox AC30, it's an early 60s one, and it's got like the whatever, I can't remember what they are, blue speakers, I think now, blue speaker cones or something. And I started sort of working out its value, and I thought... I Flipping thought hell, you I thought. thought it Flipping <laughs> hell, yeah. It's worth maybe five, six hundred quid, right? So I'm thinking, okay, I don't really want it, because I, I'm never going to use it, because I use plugins or whatever, and yes, okay, guitar amps nice and everything but i'm gonna put it on ebay right so i put it on ebay it ran for a bit got to the end of the auction it went for 1257 pounds i think to somebody in america yay paid for the shipping on top of that and i shipped it out to them via fedex at their expense which was about 300 bucks i think on top of the price and they were over the moon with it they were like wow you know Early 1960s amp, and I've made. I can't even count how much. I hope you went back to the car boot sale. pounds profit. I hope you went back to the car boot sale and gave that bloke the extra fiver you haggled on. I didn't. I'm a really bad person, aren't I? Oh, (laughs) wow. Wow, that is. That's kind of serious. PJ. Yeah, I got a couple of them actually. Um, Recently, I was given a D50 with all of the expansion cards. Mm. So. I look forward to digging into that because I haven't had time to do it with the studio rebuild and whatnot. Um, <clears throat> a couple years back, five or six years back now, I was helping a friend um, set up a home recording setup and we went into a big uh, music retailer here and uh, I noticed a box on the shelf that said Genelec. And they don't happen to sell Genelec products at this particular store so i asked the uh, sales guy what's in the box and he said it's a pair of uh, 1029as and i have the matching sub Um, we had a distributor in here he wanted to try to start selling some stuff through here i had a guy buy the the showroom uh setup and he returned it a day later and i said how much you gonna how much would you part with it for and he says i'll give it to you for 800 bucks that's not bad that's not bad at all i think i can be sub I oh, could, yeah? I could beat that on the Genelex. These here. Yeah? <laughs> these very Genelex, the 1029As, um, 
In fact, it was Andy who found them. Um, what it was is uh, one of the local kind of online mail order type type places had them listed under um, under a, a a single price for a pair. So I got a pair for three hundred quid. Oh, and so did Andy. Did, did you get Did you get the sub as well? No, I didn't get the sub. I don't like the sub actually. The sub is a bit late. Is a bit late and lazy, and it makes it kind of go a bit. So there's Andy with another bottle of champagne. God, have we really got that far already? Yeah. I seem to be drinking faster than you, Dave. Um, but the other thing I got, I'm sorry, I butted in there a little bit, PJ, but I may as well get it over and with and done with while I so then I can drink my champagne. Um, I may have said this story before, but I had a, an old Pro Tools uh, four-channel PCI system uh, a long time ago, and uh, I, I got rid of it and got a Korg 1212, and I was wondering what to do with it. And I found this guy called Pierre from France um, who wanted to trade it with me, and he said, oh, I can trade you with, I can trade it with you for, say, an MS-20 and an SQ-10. And I was like, yeah, totally. Yeah, I'd go for that. So we did the deal. I sent it to him, and then this big shipment came the next day. And I, not only did I get the SQ-20 and the MS-20, SQ10 and the MS20. I've got the SQ50 as well, the MS50 as well. So I got the whole lot in return for this obsolete piece of Pro Tools hardware. And the reason was because he was based in the south of France, and I may have said this as well in the past. Is apparently Korgs were made in in and around the Lyon area, and there's quite a lot of them around. And he just managed to pick up a couple. So I got all three for essentially something that was worthless. So I'm very pleased with that one. I've got completely the opposite story to Mark's. With a guitar amp, I was given a Val session amp by um, the mate out of Alex Harvey, and I just thought, "What do I need with this? It's got no re- spring reverb on it. I mean, it's just, just don't need anything with it." And I took it into a store, and uh, part exchanged it for was it a DDM two twenty Korg percussion module, <laughs> which I gave Class. myself hearing damage with <laughs> using it as a click track. And later on, like years later, I found out that this amp was. Uh, one of two ever made and is now worth a complete fortune. <laughs> Handmade by, you know, <laughs> the bloke who, who owns Gibbs by, by Leo Fender. Oh, dear. Good one. Ah, oh, PJ, sorry, I butted in. And um, was there another one that you wanted to share with us? But that, that, was, a, that was not a bad deal. No. Because I suppose 800 bucks, actually, that's like 400 quid. That is a good deal, actually. Yeah, it was a really good deal, actually, for both, for both the speakers and the sub. Nice. Nice one. Uh, but one time I was working in a studio and we had, uh, you know, as the crown jewel of our microphones, we had a U47. And <laughs> I nicked it. <clears throat> yep, somebody <laughs> nicked it. Oh. So there was a, <laughs> a crew of guys that came in for uh, a slew of sessions. And at one point at the end of a session, somebody walked out with the mic. Um, so we got a hold of one of the guys that we had a good relationship with. And we said, you know, we, we need that back. That that absolutely has to come back to us, and uh, <clears throat> we we reasoned with him, and he said, "Okay, well, you know, my guy he wanted to get three hundred bucks for it, so can Whoa! you guys cop?" <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> so you Whoa! bought it? So you bought it back? <laughs> bought it back for three hundred dollars. Yeah, he didn't know what he had. I guess that was probably it- that's probably the uh, what would it have been? The what's what do they call that? The retainer on your insurance, wouldn't it? So yeah, exactly. so it's probably worked yeah. out the excess, yeah. Oh, but but it still rankles. Did he come back and steal it again and then get another 300 bucks? <laughs> no, we got a really large black dog <laughs> kept out, <laughs> out in the backyard after that. What did you call him? You? Uh, he was called Knuckles. Oh, he should have been called, um, what's the word I was looking for? Neumann or Sankan or, you know, <laughs> yeah, or exactly. Telefunken. 
<laughs> yeah, fetch Telefunken. We did have one named Jazz. <laughs> sit, oh, Jazz. Sit, Jazz. <laughs> sit, Jazz. Okay, okay I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this one out, out to the panel um, because we've got a few more topics left and it's nearly five o'clock and we won't get a chance to get them all in. Uh, there's one that came in from Mike R via the comments, uh, um, which was what synth hardware we'll be talking about in 20 years. There's another one, which is, who would you most like to work with or meet and why? And the other one is, are we heading into a game-driven music scene? So, um, Actually, that synth one is hardware or software. Uh, so, <laughs> so you won't believe what my answers are going to be, should that be chosen by our esteemed panel. So who, anybody, got any, um, any, anybody got any requests out of that? Go on. I'm interested in Dave's answers to the sense of the future. <laughs> well, there's okay. no surprises there. I'm Classics afraid. of the future. Um, all right. Well, should we go for that one? Anybody else want to chip in? I'm interested in game, game-driven music software. Having uh, the, one of the very first things I did for you was review NanoSynth, wasn't it? Ah, yes, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, should we do that one then? Because I have here a sort of a preamble that I can play. Oh, Okay. This is the Korg DS10, a synthesizer and drum machine for a Nintendo. You get two analog synthesizers with routing and editing options, a four-voice drum machine using the same synthesis engine, step sequencers for each part, an effects processor, and a six-channel mixer. You know, I've never particularly cared for music programs for game devices. Oh, I'll stop that now. So, yeah, that was um, obviously the D- Korg DS10, which we, we had a review. William H. did a fabulous review for us a couple of weeks ago that uh, seems to be uh, very popular. But there's just tons of this stuff that's just, you know, in the same way that we've got these kind of chaosolators. <laughs> oh, that was almost musical. Fantastic. No, no, no more limits, says Mark JXP. That, that is actually not far off that. No, 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 no. <laughs> A sort of slow beat. That's Craig version. David. Uh, Craig David. Bolsolator. Uh, my fingers are too fat. Yeah, that's the problem with all of this stuff. <laughs> but it, it kind of it, it it sort of brings out the wider discussion. You know, there's also this thing called uh, Groove Step, which I'll play, which was on the uh, Create Digital Music um, website, and it was the Future Music Channel. And this this is also for Nintendo DS, but this is free, and this is this this was quite impressive. <laughs> Excuse the sound, because it is um, in a presentation hall. Anyway, it's kind of techno and all that kind of thing. But um, that, again, is made on Nintendo DS. There's also these Chaosolators, which I'm hoping that most of us have distributed, because I'm hoping we'll get a little bit of a play out on those. Um, so do you think, how long is it going to be, do you think, before we have a piece of music that is charting or, you know, gets kind of wider claim that is made purely on what are considered to be toys? Or has it already happened? 
Well, it has sure sort of happened with da da I'm da, sure but I mean the new generation of stuff, which is much more widely available and kind of can be a bit more contemporary than the uh, you know the Casio tone sound. It could happen any time now, couldn't it? You think so? I think it's not far off. I, you know, you could have a band with an iPhone, iPhone on guitar, Chaosolator on beat, or you know one of the Nintendo DSs. I mean, it's all sort of, it's all kind of getting there, isn't it? So yeah, the little toys have now probably more power than. Is a computer like a Fairlight, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, certainly got more RAM. More RAM, more fidelity, everything, more CPU, everything. When you look at a, a Fairlight uh, Series 2, then yeah. uh, and, 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 and hits have been produced completely on that machine, then it should already have happened. Yeah. Well, and also bear in mind with the with the Nintendo DS, particularly the Korg DS10, you can you can network eight of these things together. So presumably they can sync. So you can have you could have eight people in an ensemble, all with um, two synths and a drum machine and sequences, all doing their own thing and kind of jamming on. I because it could be kind of like that three hundred three orchestra stuff that we saw some we talked about in one of the previous podcasts. I mean, it's not far away at all. Mark, you were going to um, come in there. Well, I was just saying the reason why I'm so excited to see all that stuff for the DS is because I've got an iPhone. <laughs> but if Korg are, making, Korg are making something for the DS, right, someone like Roland or Yamaha maybe are going to make something for the iPhone. Another company will make something equally amazing for the iPhone, that's my guess. I mean, I've been playing around with this ITM MIDI Lab thing as well, which is quite good, and I'm controlling logic from it and playing melodies on the piano keyboard on the iphone and it just comes up instant there's hardly any lag between like pressing a key and it coming up in in um logic so i'm guessing that it's connecting over wi-fi but i'm guessing the connection over wi-fi is probably way faster than midi anyway isn't it so um why not loads of iphones sync together with various different applications running on them in fact why not an open standard for wi-fi uh data music data well there is i mean isn't isn't that um, you can do that with macs i mean certainly you can you can do midi over wi-fi i mean that already exists um that actually that does exist does the ds does the ds support the same thing i don't know uses wi-fi i don't know Um, i mean somebody a beemeister um just said in the uh chat room that all this technology toys or otherwise doesn't make you a better musician songwriter and that's true but it does give you a different angle on making it which would make you sound a bit different and the whole thing is with a lot of this stuff the fact that it's got new limitations sort of means you have to be more creative which is kind of you know it goes back to i remember when all i had was a four track and a drum machine you know i mean it it sounds kind of corny but it, it almost is the fact that if you've only got this to work with then it will push you to be more creative and, and get more of a vibe out of what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. There was sure. the Amiga Tracker, wasn't there, in the late 80s, which was you could dump samples into it and it would play, uh, it would play four different tracks of samples and would play uh, melodies with them as well. So you could, have, you could actually have your kick and your snare and your hi-hat or if you layered sounds together before you put them in on one track and then your bass line on another track and you'd kind of juggle it all around to try and to try and make it sound like there was a lot more going on. And then that Amiga tracker spread onto everything. So the Amiga tracker was available on the Atari and the PC, but it was always called an Amiga tracker, even if it was on another computer. Yeah, well, isn't that the mod track? The mod files yeah, the mod became... Yeah. You know, they, exactly, they, they yeah. were cross-platform, weren't they? Yeah. 
So, I mean, it just needs something for something to, to take off in that way and to get spread widespread enough to become another kind of format for it to become interlinked. But, I mean, my guess is that, I mean, you know, if kids of kids will all have Nintendo DSs, won't they? I mean, my both my kids have got one as well as. Yeah, I haven't got one. I haven't got. Sorry, I was just laughing there because Deckers has just put in the uh, pos- in the in the chat room. I sucked after using GeForce software. I turned out to be a genius. I've just said <laughs> Dave, five, five quid <laughs> coming your way. Deckers. I seem to. Th- this seems to be a bit of a GeForce centric chat room. Have you kind of enlisted the GeForce yeah. army? <laughs> Mum, can you put me washing out when you're finished? <laughs> Yeah, I'll be home a bit late tonight, dear, and I might make a bit of a stumble noise as I go up the stairs. Anyway, yeah. But it's, I mean, I think it ain't far. I mean, Hans, you're, you know, you kind of, do you, do you, do you feel like you want to play with any of this stuff, or can you not be bothered? Would you rather stick with things that have bigger buttons and larger screens and what have you? Can I be, can I be really corny? Go for it. I just loved the Sonic State review of the DS10 so much that I was totally tempted to get one immediately. I was only stopped by my wife. Really? Have you got, has your son got a DS10? Uh, sorry, a, a, a DS? All the kids in his class have a DS10 and he just hates it. He just thinks it's not worth, he doesn't play games. He doesn't like it. Yeah, he's 10 years old and he spends his time on Wikipedia instead. Ah. Oh, well, on Duckypedia because he's into, uh, Donald Duck, there's a wiki on... on a Do you know, some, something really bad happened to me the other day with one of those Wikipedia-type things. Um, I, was, I was... What the hell was I eating? I was eating, oh, kiwi fruit, right? And my partner had just juiced the whole kiwi fruit, in, including the skin, right? And we found out recently that you can't eat avocado skin or the stone or the hard bit in the end, right? And she said, oh, do you think kiwi fruit skin's all right to it? I said, yeah, of course it is. It's like full of vitamin C. It's fine. I said, hang on, I'll just Google it and find out. I typed it in. And I, I, there's a site that looks identical to Wikipedia. And I started reading this thing about how if you'd eaten the skin from kiwi fruit, you should get yourself to hospital immediately and how <laughs> bad it was. And it was going to melt my kidneys and everything. And I was absolutely sitting there and in almost in shock thinking oh dear oh no it was all just <laughs> lies uh, yeah and, <laughs> and then i kind of looked at the top and they got the wikipedia logo but they've changed it doesn't say wikipedia it says something else pedia and i and i looked at it and i went Pornopedia. Oh, hang on a minute what's it called <laughs> Por- Por- pornopedia but <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was it, it, i don't think it was that i don't know but it i i was in full panic attack, thinking I'm oh, going no. to die. What am I <laughs> going to do? <laughs> but um, non Eric, I'm glad that the review did kind of almost turn you, and maybe uh, you'll be getting something for Christmas. Who knows? I mean, well, I'm not. I'm not actually telling you I'm going to buy you a DS10 for Christmas. <laughs> but uh, you know, you've you've said to your wife that you'd like, so you know, she might buy you that. You never know. Oh, yeah, maybe. But maybe. I don't think she supports these kind of uh, projects. She'll rather buy a new chair for the house or something. Ah, what about well. I, well, if you can persuade her to iPhone. You, I mean, what about this uh, RJ DJ thing? That Brilliant. was in the show notes a few weeks ago. I mean, that is just, I've, I've been looking every day in the iTunes store for it, and it hasn't seemed to have turned up yet. And I'm just absolutely 
waiting for that because it looks really, really good. This and if there's people building apps of that level, at that level, there's going to be some really cool stuff soon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Rich and PJ, sorry, you've been a bit quiet there. I mean, can you, does any of this stuff, I mean, you've got both got chaosolators. Do, does any, do, do you feel like sort of delving anywhere other than that? You know, does the DS10 kind of, or the, the any of this other iPhone stuff kind of appeal to you? Would you, tempt, would you be tempted to use it for anything? Uh, I love my Chaosolator. Um, I don't own an iPhone, so uh, the iPhone applications in particular don't appeal to me. I don't have the Nintendo box either, and I think it would take more than the DS10 to steer me to buy one. But eventually, I would. I think I would really love to have a little handheld app that would do, you know, synthesis and beat programming and that type of thing. I've always loved having handheld devices, drum machines. Um, I recently bought one of the Roland, um, uh, I can't even remember the, the model number because I returned it, but uh, I had had an MC505 and loved programming on that thing um, for years. And yeah, I think, it, I think it's the, the way forward. It's great to be able to just uh, pull up a, a piece of grass under a tree and, and sit with a pair of headphones on and, and make some tracks. Yeah, I, I, I can't help but feel that the, the all these interfaces are always a bit of a compromise. I mean, because we all get a bit stuck in our ways and, you know, like to have certain things out just so, so that you can reach for it and, you know, all of that kind of thing. And that's the one thing I kind of miss about having a large physical studio is the fact that I used to set it up just how I want. When I turned to the left, I had, you know, the keyboard and that was just within arm's reach and all this thing. And when you kind of miniaturize and even though it's all with you, it's harder to kind of get to. It's not so instinctive and intuitive. I don't know. Rich, do you do you feel that way or... Are you excited? Um, I first of all, I have I love the chaos later. I had fun. I have fun with it. I haven't turned it on in a little while, but uh, before today when I tried to use it and it didn't seem to f make the feed. Now I have my new iPod Touch and I've put um, iDrum on it, and I much I very much enjoy it. And uh, if there was some kind of neat little synth thing that would go along with it, I'd probably enjoy that too. But the truth is, on the trip I just made when I brought it, I spent most of my time playing games or listening to music, right. and not so much wanting to make music. Sure. Um, and when I do want to make music on a plane, typically I pull out the laptop and run Ableton Live. Well, um, yeah, I guess that makes perfect sense. Cause it's so all, it's just sort because of there, I might actually... Cause, and, and then if I end up with something that I think is cool, like I have an easy path to uh my next level if i want to take it there mm -hmm. whereas these handheld devices like when you're print, done with when you're, when you're done with the thing then what then what do you do you've with got it? to you get it out of right sorry. you got this you've great got little piece of music somewhere else haven't you yeah i mean if I've, I've been looking at that four track recorder for the iphone as well and unless and until that has some way of uh, exporting what you've been doing into back into your computer there's no point to it for me right and i've just right. downloaded a dictaphone program so i'm just sort of singing into a dictaphone that works quite well because i can right, sync it back to thing. itunes and pull things in and just bang them on a track in logic and then look at it and go what was that melody i was thinking of earlier on oh right okay and start i mean the, um, that's the cool thing about iDrum though you know you can pull your beats back out and put them into logic don't you how are you going to do that hmm. Uh, yes, you can. You can sync it. There's a program, there's a, there is a program. I, called Sync. I Sync Drum or something, and you just load this program. It goes in your iPhone and finds finds the beat that you've dumped as an audio file, and then it sucks it out and pulls it into iTunes, and then you just drag drop it into. Logic. Oh, really? 
I yeah. didn't realize. The only thing about Hydra, yeah. the, the, the thing about Hydra that is a problem, you can't do triplets and you can't do swing. And I think they're kind of fairly critical for things with, you know, just a bit of feel or whatever. It's only straight. And that that's a bit of a limitation for me. Teutonic beats only. Teutonic beats only. So you so you do the swing in the program you're bringing it into. Uh, Yeah, I guess. (laughs) But 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 I'd like to make a general comment on this whole I make music music on a train thing because Mm -hmm. I think generally we all sort of love the idea like we like like the idea of socialism and we like the idea of guitar synthesizers but it's actually not really working i mean i was really really into the idea of just having a one laptop one musician one song sort of idea but at the end of the day i realized that i was always kind of feeling really uncomfortable in the situation and that it's really really important to be creative is to have your place somewhere you know your studio where you go to and you sort of blend away all the stuff around you because that's your comfortable studio situation i mean i just wonder what your thoughts are on that well yeah i would agree i mean you wouldn't really want to sit next to that bloke on the bus would you or the train or the plane you just it would be a bit i am that person i was banned from using eyedrum in the it- house I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you at all about that. But um, <clears throat> years ago, I bought an MC505 um, after checking it out based on an article I read in Keyboard Magazine where four different artists and groups had made an entire track using just the MC- MC505 and then <clears throat> outboard effects processing. And I went and checked it out and I thought, hmm, the sounds in here, they're okay. Um, but what I really liked about it was the interface and it allowed me to move out of my studio or out of a studio at the time I was working in another studio and be fairly portable, although you had to be near a wall socket, but I could plug it in in my bedroom and sit there and play, or I could plug it in in the living room or I could plug it in at a coffee shop and just mess around with a pair of headphones. And I made lots of, uh, you know, tracks that wound up on commercials, tracks that wound up uh, on video, you know, corporate videos, things like that, just using that device. Now, sometimes I would bring it back to my studio, plug it in and re-trigger the MIDI sounds, definitely do all the mixing and that type of thing inside the studio. But getting out of the space that I normally worked in, I found that actually very good for my creativity. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know, I kind of, you know, when, when I first went on tour and stuff, I thought, oh, yeah, I need to take a mini keyboard and all this kind of writing equipment. And, you know, it is about where your head is. I mean, if you're lucky enough to be able to just have this stuff coming out of you and you just need some means of recording it at any given time, then great. But for a lot of us, it's all to do with, you know, being able to just sort of ha- create the space to work in, you know, to actually kind of feel like, right, I want to, you know, I need that room. And obviously, I'm um, frankly, there's no, there's probably no bus journey or train journey long enough for me to actually be able to get into it enough to actually come up with anything meaningful. <sighs> hmm. but, I have no trouble creating music on an, in an airport or on a plane if I want to. Oh, well, good it, for it, you. I, 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 think I, it's I mean, I observe... I respect what Hans is saying, and I understand that it means a lot to him, and I, and for you guys to have that environment is important to your creative process, and I think that's great. For me, uh, if it doesn't matter. It absolutely doesn't matter as long as I'm not being, you know, harangued or, bump, you know, bumped into or, you know, otherwise jostled. Um, uh, 
Airport's fine. Airplane's fine. Train ride, sure. Hour and a half, yeah, I'll get something going. You know, whatever. No, Typically, well, my enough. plane rides are 10 hours. Yeah, is well, that, going, is that going on tour? Is that a going on tour mentality, then? Is, is that a going on tour mentality? Because, I mean, I, did, I really got into doing that on a QY20 uh, yeah. when I went on tour for like a year and a half. And, I, and both, well, you, me, and Dave, Rich, are all people that go on long tours and have those massive expanses of time when we've got absolutely nothing to do probably sitting on a train and it's a it's a headspace for me that i go into where i'm i'm i get a chance to have some of some me time i never got the yeah. Q- i had a qo10 do you think that's where i went wrong because i could never get it to, <laughs> yeah. to work well i mean that's how novation started wasn't it they made that little keyboard controller for the yeah, qi we've got, we've got one here and it was just yeah. awesome i mean yeah. how cool is that well um I'm. Uh, I'd like to. Um, we we have been up to a, a, a forty-eight p- view, concurrent viewers, which I think isn't bad. Um, and now they're dropping like flies. So I suggest maybe perhaps what we do is we should have maybe a playout. We should have a playout on the on the chaos later. And this this is basically. I mean, I think we should say thank you very much to Korg because Korg. Um, we we've been obviously they've, they've been advertising on the site and stuff, and we managed to talk them into sending everybody in the podcast who's a regular. A chaosolator, and I think everybody has one. I'm not sure everybody's chaosolator is hooked up, but mine is hooked up, and it's at uh, 120 BPM, which is frankly what happens when you switch it on. So I've been a bit lazy there. So shall we? Um, shall we just play out, and uh, then we can kind of say goodbye to everybody as we go. And um, the audio. does that feel good? People are hey, using. That's audio. probably a good thing. <laughs> people losing audio. Uh oh. Audio is okay, video is dead, says Guru One. Oh, okay, well, that's... All right, I'm going to get my clothes off. Yeah, right. Dave, I told you not to. Okay, so, is that okay with everybody? Hey, forget. Yeah. Hands. Whoa, whoa, hold on a sec. Non Eric, you were saying something? Speak. Oh, uh, okay, uh, uh, Dave? Yes. I want to remind you for the German review of the Amazon Pros. Yeah, didn't you see on my chat? I said I had 100 delivered to my drive yesterday. I think they're still there. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, no, sorry. <laughs> did I say 100? I meant 1,000. No, it's quite entertaining. This guy sort of knocked it. And he'd driven all the way from Germany. Well, deliver them to you? Yeah. Wow. And I kind of went, and he went, Chris? Like this. And I went, nope, sorry, there's no one by Chris. No <laughs> one <laughs> by that name here. And he looked really dejected. I'm not surprised. <laughs> 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 well, anyway, listen, before we get there, I'd just like to say I, it's crashed. really, really, really thank you to everybody uh, for listening today. Thank you to all my guests uh, who, past and present, um, who continue to somehow manage to find the time to come and join me every week for this uh, this chat that I kind of find helps keep me sane. It's a, the opportunity to sort of talk geeky and techy every week without any sort of shame or embarrassment. I don't have to fly to LA and spend a week in uh, at Nam to to kind of talk about this stuff. And I'd just like to say thank you very much to all of you um, for for helping make this happen on a regular basis. Uh, and I, I'm trying to sound sincere, but I am a bit pissed. Do you so, mean me? I mean drunk. <laughs> do you mean pissed, pissed is a bad word. Pissed is a bad word in America. It means I'm annoyed. I'm not actually annoyed. I'm I'm sort of I'm going to start hugging Dave any second now. I think oh, I've started feeling amorous and kind of you know. I'll get my clothes off now. I think is that, why, near, you, is that I, why you cut off the camera? There are <laughs> no. The camera's not gone. Well, it shouldn't have gone. But anyway, the uh, well, it's we're, frozen. We're it's frozen. two we're two bottles down. 
and uh, I've had a very nice time and thank you very much to everybody um uh, particularly well not particularly anybody but uh, I'll, I'll say goodbye now and then maybe what we'll try is a little bit of a, a some sort of a, a, a chaos later jam to play us out so um thank you very much uh hans non eric i know you're very busy um and hopefully you can get back and finish your stuff before you're filming tomorrow good luck with that and remember folks anybody who's listening musotalk.de is where you want to go to see what hans is up to thanks uh, and Mark Tinley, um, thank you very much for joining us repeatedly and for all this time. You, you've probably been one of the longest uh, participants, uh, apart from perhaps Dave Spears. Uh, so thank you very much, Mark Tinley. Mark Tinley, of course, myspace.com forward welcome. slash Mark Tinley. Thank you, Mark. Oh, no, you can go to my new my new website or my old website. I'm remending it, which is funnymachine.com. We okay. can go back to calling me that. Brilliant. Funnymachine.com. Okay. And um, yes. Rich Hilton, myspace.com, Hiltonius, thank you very much for joining us. I know you're a busy guy and have proper work to do. So thank you. It's always a pleasure. I really enjoy doing these and I really enjoy you guys and very grateful for the audience. And it's great. It's great stuff. Well, thank you. And um, Dave Spears, thank you for coming all the way down here. And. Um, yeah, it's I don't gonna be think, great. I, I'm going to get really, really pissed later. Listen, I don't think I'm going to be able to drink that third bottle of champagne, so you can take oh, it over. You're not driving home. No, he's not. No, I'm staying he's the night. Driving home. I'm staying the oh, night. Oh, good. Oh, good. It's going to get rough. It's going to get messy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave. I'm going to pop down to real world and introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay the tax. I'll tell you what, Dave, you can have a taxi on account. <laughs> As long as you <laughs> film it. <laughs> Hello, Peter. Do you know what that Beko? What call? Blimey. What a load of nonsense. Ah. Uh, Okay, well, um, I think people have been having audio problems with the feed. I'm terribly sorry about that. I mean, again, this is kind of pushing the envelope a little bit. And also, PJ Tracy from Minneapolis, thank you for joining us as well. Uh, Nick, thank you. Thank you very much. I, I'm, uh, I'm honored to be here, and I'm humbled uh, by the company. Oh, that's very kind of you to say so. And uh, hopefully you're a little bit drunk from drinking coffee and tequila before midday. I am, I'm, I'm feeling it. You're getting there. Congratulations. Right. Now, can I just, yes, Mark. Have you said, that, can I just say, I'd like to say thank you as well, but I was a little bit distracted by the serial number on my chaos alert, so, so I'd noticed actually that I haven't said thank you back where everybody else has, and I really appreciate being on here, and it's great fun, and I love doing it, and look forward to seeing you for the next one. Cool. So, without further ado, let's kick it. Yep. Yeah. Or something. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Rewind when the crowd say Bo Selector. <laughs> Whoops. Ooh, I like that one. Nice. Random. Sunday, bloody Sunday. What's the publishing, Dave? <laughs> this is not a rebel song. 
You know what, Rich? I think you need to get um, Nile over. I think he's going to love this. Yeah, let's see if we can play We Are Family. (laughs) (laughs) Flip it on 45, I'll dance to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! We should probably stop now. Okay, folks, that was Sonic Talk number 100. Uh, I'd just like to say thank you very much to everybody for participating. Uh, thanks for Dave for coming down. Thanks for all of you in the chat room. I think we're going to do this again. I think it works and it makes me feel wanted and loved. I'm not sure I'm going to do the champagne again. Not until maybe, I don't know, episode 101 or something like that. So cheers, guys. We're out of here. This is what happens when machines imbibe.